Welcome to the Geeky Side. I'm your host, Tyra Burton, and we're going to be exploring the inner geek of our guest each and every week. And this week, we're talking to Casey Sears. He's a real estate agent by day, but oh my gosh, the geeky stuff he geeks out about at night. Matter of fact, I think he even geeks out while he's being a real estate agent. He's got some great game tips, movies that he loves, and of course, we're going to be talking about the best conventions in the world, Momocon and DragonCon. So let's get our geek on. Hi, welcome back to the Geeky Side. I'm here with Casey Sears, and we're going to be talking about what he geeks out about today. Casey, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank and you very much. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I am a real estate agent in the metro Atlanta area, and I buy and sell a lot of homes. A lot. How long have you been in real estate? My entire life, um, <laughs> basically. That's what it feels like, at least. I'm I'm 40 going on 80. Well, and I think you're multi generational in this too. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I grew up in the in the business with my family. So that's awesome. So I think you're with Century 21 right now. Yes, uh, Century 21 Connect Real Estate in Roswell. Uh, Gonna just plug them right now. Best real estate organization uh, on the north side of Atlanta, led by uh, Michael Pruitt and his team. Uh, they are the best around. Awesome. Well, and I I know how successful you are and how passionate you are about people not making mistakes in the real estate market. Yeah, and that's that's really how I found myself with that organization. Is uh, they're very well put together um, and. Uh, they they cross all the T's and dot all the I's, uh, not just for certain transactions, but for every single transaction, which is very important to me. It is. And I love seeing your stuff on social media. Casey's all over social with just the best tips. I love your tips about what you should look out for, what's going on in the market, and also about how you film about your community and what's out there with restaurants and festivals. So. Yeah, thank you. I uh, growing up in Atlanta, um, I uh, I loved being a gamer. I loved being geeky. Um, I know every game store owner uh, on the north side of Atlanta and a few of them on the south side of Atlanta. And uh, my lineage of going to game stores goes all the way back to stores that aren't around anymore, like Colossal and B&R Games. But if you're a local to Atlanta and you grew up in this community, you definitely know what those are. Oh, absolutely. So obviously I'm betting games are something that you geek out about. Absolutely. Yeah. I I am constantly looking for the next greatest thing when it comes to right now computer games, but I I love uh D D. Uh I love dice games. I like uh, Warhammer 40k. I've I've built a few armies for Warhammer 40k. Um Space Wolves are the original OGs, uh, and then Tau, uh, and then Orcs. Um, Magic the Gathering, I've traveled uh, one year in 2017. I think I traveled to five or six out-of-state tournaments for Magic the Gathering, uh, playing with a very competitive group. I was the tournament organiza organizer for Legend of the Five Rings for uh, Gigabytes Cafe, which is located in Marietta, Georgia. 
while that was still going. Um, and it's a great community. Uh, pretty much every single client that I work with in real estate is uh, a member of that community. Well, it's it's a lovely big community. So I know you play D&D. When did you start? Uh, when I was a kid, I don't really remember. It's all kind of fuzzy. Oh, um, that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it was probably during 3.5, uh, in when I was in high school. Um, and, uh, three, 3.5 was a great kind of place to jump into, um, you know, D and D because it was, uh, I think they had really started to kind of standardize the rule system. There were problems with it. Um, and then, uh, Pathfinder kind of picked up and, and took over. They took all the great, you know, rule hacks that were homebrewed for D and D 3.5 and put it all into one book. Um, I can, I, agree. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so I've played, I played original D and D not when it first came out, but I had a, a DM that liked the original stuff. Yeah. So we went all the way back and played. It, it was challenging. It, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, I like, uh, there's a, there's a system that's out that's called dungeon crawl classic dungeon crawl classics, which I was in the, uh, the play test group for the development of that, that system. Um, and that's a great system for, uh, it's purpose built to be able to go back and play old modules using dungeon crawl classic. Nice. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, there's, there's nothing really out there. It's, it's absolute chaos. Uh, when you cast a spell, there's always going to be like a random roll side effect for that spell. So there, you're never safe. You may be creating food, but the count the 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 side effect of that spell is you're taking it away from a village or something like that or you're creating water but it's you know you know uh you're pulling the water out of like an organic being like a cow so all of a sudden it falls over dead because you know oh my pillars of salt <laughs> uh D and I I don't know that I could do that <laughs> Well, you don't know. You 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 don't know what's going to happen. So that's it's, what makes it super dangerous, as D and D should be. No, that's true. I mean, trolls and orcs and goblins. Oh my. Yeah. So, do you have a particular class that you like to play? Rogue, uh, decidedly rogue. Uh, I I hate that I always go to rogue, but um, it. I used to play in a massive. Um, there was a there was a D and D group that was in Marietta, Georgia, that had about forty five players, um, and it That's was a massive campaign uh, that was centered around a local brick and mortar store where they had five or six GMs, um, and uh, it ran for about two and a half years. And back then, when I had all the free time in the world, I would go play, you know, two or three times a week. Um, and you would develop relationships with other characters and then they would be in one GM's game and then hop over to another, which each GM controlled a region, the map that we were playing on. Um, so I had a rogue, uh, named, uh, Briarios that I straight up lifted from, uh, Appleseed, but, um, he, I, because I like the name, um, Briarios was, a scoundrel. This was Jack Sparrow before Jack Sparrow became a thing. Um, And kind of lovable, 
um, and was undead. Um, but he wasn't truly undead. Uh, he was half undead because he had died and the group had taken him to a vampire Lord to be resurrected. Um, and then when he got resurrected, they realized the group realized what they had done and they rescued him before he had fully turned. So I'm partially undead. I don't ping as undead for detect undead, but I can only be healed with negative energy, not positive energy. So if a paladin tries to lay on hands me, it'll actually kill me. That's right. You're going to be dead. Right. Um, and the funny thing is that I, my best friend in all the world and the person who ended up redeeming my soul was actually another player that, uh, that played a paladin. Um, and, uh, and, and that cat went on to become the lead game designer for several several very prominent board games. Nice. International success story. Oh, you see, it's all about the people you know. Yeah. Those paladin do-gooders. <laughs> so you said your latest obsession is with computer games. What are you liking to play now? Um, so I have been looking for a kind of a sense of community in the games that I've been playing. Um, I've been playing a lot of console games lately, uh, like I just finished uh, Triangle Tactics or Triangle Story. I can't remember. It's Triangle something on the Switch, which is a phenomenal game uh, if Ooh. you want to go. It's the same people that um, they do the, the the 3D, but not 3D, isometric, kind of Final Fantasy-looking style. Um, on computer, uh, I just picked up Destiny 2 again, um, okay. which is... Uh, Really a lot of fun. Um, there's nothing quite like it. It's a first-person shooter uh, where it's it's built like an MMO, um, and I've got a group of friends that I'm that I'm reintegrating with to to play Destiny on a on a long-term level. I love. Um, I played World of Warcraft for over a decade, and that's what I like about it is those friends that you make, mm -hmm. and then you might not play together for a year or so, but all of a sudden something new comes out and you reconnect and start up that whole um, world of world of Warcraft was one of the, one of the greatest MMOs uh, ever made. Um, I bought a computer to play world of Warcraft the day it came out. Um, so I was in, I was in vanilla for world of Warcraft and I actually played it the day uh, it launched bug oh. with bugs and everything. But the, the beautiful thing, about it is and i'm coming from a background in everquest um yep. you know everquest was buggy and glitchy but you still played it because you would use your imagination to fill in the blanks world of warcraft was so incredibly flushed out day one where it just ran smooth it was like an even 30 frames per second all the time for a mmo at that time that was unheard of so um Definitely. And the art direction for it is incredible. And the storyline for it was incredible. And, and I'm not surprised that they're still around people, you know, uh, still playing it and enjoying themselves on it. I've just heard that a, a massive new expansion came back where they're giving players dragons to fly around and all that sort of stuff. I'm I would excited. probably jump into it if I had more time to invest. We, uh, we've taken a little break from it, not because we wanted to, but because of time, but uh, for me, what I love about it is a the storyline, but uh, the music, game yes. music oh is amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, you definitely want to have a, a, a headphones on when you're playing that game to really, it's not just the the music, but the sound design. When you're going through mm-hmm. different realms and you hear the, the, the atmospheric, you know, sound that's happening around you with the orchestral swells that come in, you know, as you're playing. Um, and the, and again, pair that with beautiful visuals and you've got a recipe for success. Oh, it's stunning. You, you started playing before I did, I didn't get in right when vanilla came out, but I played vanilla before burning crusade came out. So Uh close. And I was originally a warlock and then I found a priest and I never looked back. Yeah. Uh, I, the very first character that I made was a elf druid and I didn't like that. And then uh, I had a few other friends and I was on Alliance. The first character that I made was Alliance, Um, but I didn't play that very long. Um, My true love is uh, my troll rogue uh, for the Horde. I'm seeing a theme here, people. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just uh, uh, um, going invisible uh, and, and being able to sneak into Stormforge was always the best thing ever. Yeah, I I never was good at that, so uh, I just continued to heal people. It works. Yeah. So what other uh, geeky fandoms are you into? Um, I love, uh, I've got a great love for, for movies. Uh, I've got a very eclectic love for movies all over the place. Um, I've got, uh, you know, of course, everybody loves Star Wars. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Last Starfighter fan. Oh, okay. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but uh, it's a great movie that uh, that came out, and it was one of the first uh, uses of computer-generated graphics yep. where they had to use a, a military computer to generate about 15 minutes worth of uh, video for it. Um, and I believe the, the, the creation of that 15-minute video took something like four weeks of rendering. Yeah. It's amazing how in such a short span of time, how that field has changed. Yeah. Uh, Magic, the gathering. Uh, I love magic, the gathering. I wish I could play competitively like I used to. Um, I really enjoyed it when standard was the, was the prominent format, but right now it's, uh, it's legacy, uh, and legacy takes big money to get into. Uh, I'm not exactly sure which deck I'd like to build for that. That's right. So do you still have your decks that you played with? I have a closet full of dormant magic cards, uh, that I need to figure out something to do with and get them organized and, and, give them to somebody or something like that. But, uh, I do have a few decks. Uh, my wife, I've, I've, I've attempted to teach her how to play magic and she's picked it up fairly well, but, uh, I'd like to, to cut my teeth on, on some people that, that, uh, that are playing, uh, at a, at a higher level. Ones that won't, uh, refuse to have dinner with you if you, uh, play too aggressively. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hard thing to teach magic because uh, there's a lot of unwritten rules in magic that you just kind of know. So when you when you are teaching your opponent and you take advantage of something that they don't know, and you're not necessarily doing it on purpose, right. and then you try to explain, you know, what you just did, you look like a crazy person that's trying to take advantage of somebody. So it is what it is. Yeah. No. 
if I if I played, I would teach her. But uh, I did work for a, a music band called Emerald Rose, who existed because of Magic the Gathering. Oh yeah, what kind of music? Uh, they play Celtic music, and oh. uh, they uh, they retired a couple of years ago. But they originally got together playing Magic the Gathering, and their wives said, "You have to leave the basement." go play some music. And so they played music and they go on the road and take their magic decks. And yeah. <laughs> so. we, we, I, I go way back to sitting around uh, a, a buddy of mine when I got into magic, when I was in middle school, when it first came out and it was because a buddy of mine bought the collection of one of the game store owners, uh, uh, his, his, one of the game store owners, uh, little sister went to middle school with us and she, we were sitting at, field day i remember it very clearly we're sitting at field day waiting to get called up for like tug of war or something right and she was like she was she was straight out hawking her brother's magic collections like oh he'll give you like 150 cards for like 60 bucks you know of his collection um so we did that and we got into it and um i remember we we actually did the thing where uh there were five of us that were playing and we each played a different color deck from magic and then we would do five person uh round table you know where you could attack anybody else there and you'd build like little alliances and stuff like that um you know the way that before there were any like formats or competitive play or anything like that. I was about ready to say, I've always seen it as a uh, two person play. I'd never heard of like round table play. So, you know, what yeah. you come up with while you're having a good time. Well, there's, there's, uh, it, there's a, there's a format that's called a uh, uh, commander or uh, EDH. Uh, and, and what that basically is, is each person builds a deck uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's four people is generally the, the, the best number. Um, and it's got specific rules for, for those four people playing against each other. But, uh, because it's kind of more of a social format, it's like, uh, like it's kitchen table play, like, like have fun and sit down and play four player magic, the gathering, um, you're allowed to b- bring in really, really broken combinations of cards, uh, into the set. So it becomes a contest of like creating the most like mind breaking combinations where you're doing like, a like super advanced arithmetic to figure out how many four, four angels you just created and, you know, uh, building, you know, armies, you know, typically magic, the gathering, you feel a few, a few monsters in attack, but these combinations allow you to generate like 60, four, four flying angels, you know, that you have to represent by like ripping up pieces of paper. <laughs> so you actually have enough tokens on the board to, to do it. To be all of them. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Super fun. And creative too. I think that's the greatest thing about games is they really can stimulate your creativity. Yeah, somebody actually made a, a functioning uh, Turing machine out of a magic deck. That's like, you know, Turing machines, the little counting machines that yes. they would make like a computer, like the earliest version of a computer. There's a deck that if you play it and you get the right opening hand, you have to randomly shuffle it and then you have to get very specific cards in your opening hand. 
And if you get those very specific cards in your opening hand, you can actually perform calculations on it, add, divide, you know, uh, subtract, multiply, and all that sort of stuff with your, it, your deck will function as the Turing machine. That's awesome. <laughs> Things that Tyra would never think of yeah. for 200. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you the video. There's a video for oh, it. I'll send it to you. I'll link it in the show notes too. Cool. So you said you really love movies. What do you look for in a movie? Uh, depends on the, depends on the day of the week. Um, if I, I don't know. I mean, I like good movies. Um, you know, sometimes you just want like an action movie just to, you know, sit there and be entertained. Something that you, sometimes you want something that's very thoughtful. Um, you know, sometimes you want a romantic comedy. Um, my, I, I can tell you what my top five movies are. Oh, if you, if that's I interesting want, to you, I want to know what are they? Uh, okay. So I'm not going to do this in any particular order. That's fine. Um, so, um, Star Wars for sure. Uh, it's right up there. Uh, one of the one of the greatest uh, movies ever made. Defined so much of geek culture in our generation. Oh, absolutely. Um, I would probably also put Shawshank Redemption up there as one of the one of the greats. Um, I I like westerns too. Uh, Silverado. If you've not ah, seen Silverado, Silverado is one of the greatest uh, modern westerns uh, ever made. Tremendous cast. Um, Danny Glover, um, <laughs> Kevin Cosner, Kevin Klein, um, uh, and the list goes on. Oh, yeah. um, just amazing actors. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. That's three. Um, for me, this is a for me, but Top Gun is definitely in the list. Um, Top Gun came out when I was uh, six or seven years old, I think, and um, and man, I, I that that inspired me to start drawing planes, drawing jets, um, dreaming about being a fighter pilot. And yeah. when you're when you're a kid at six or seven, that's a the dream feels realistic. I, I kept growing, you know, me, I'm, I'm six, five. And my, my fear was that I wouldn't be able to fit in the cockpit, but, um, Top Gun's just great. Um, shout out to Top Gun Maverick, really fantastic movie. I, we loved it. It was, yeah. it was a great, not only the nostalgia, but it was just a good high energy movie. And yeah. they did so good with, I thought with Val Kilmer in it. Yes, they did. And I, I've been kind of keeping up with Val Kilmer and, and what had been going on with him with, with his, the issues that he's been having with speaking. He has a wonderful, um, documentary that's narrated by his son, um, where it's Val Kilmer's words and it's his son's voice filming and it's his son's voice. Um, and that's wonderful. I think that's on Amazon Prime uh, for it's just called Val. It's very good. It goes through his it's a retrospect on his life and his career um, touches on all the great things that he's done in his life. Um, and then my fifth movie would probably have to be the original Dune movie. Um that I, 
that's a movie that I will turn on to go to sleep to. Um, it's just perfect for it's, it's, it, but it's, it's so comforting to me to watch that movie. I mean, it's so calm and mellow and it's uh, this grand space opera. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it lulls me to sleep in, in the best possible way. And then when I do stay up to, to watch it, uh, I always, I always pick out something, something new about it every single time. So think, how, how do you feel about the new Dune movie? I loved it. Um, okay. I thought it was very good. I'm reserving my opinion on it until it's completed because uh, the, gotcha. they're, they're doing it episodically. I know it's a movie, but it's such a, I've, I've, I've read a lot of the Dune books. Um, so I, I have a, a kind of a, a higher level of understanding of, of what Dune actually means. Right. Um, and the the part that that movie covers is like the first like maybe 10 percent of 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 everything you know so i'll be really interested to see the next movie and i think when you watch them you're really going to have to watch them back to back in order to really get the full story arc that they're talking about with paul atreides well and i think that it's one of those movies you're going to have to watch them before you go see the next one like you're going to rewatch. oh yeah you have to You'll, you'll be just coming into the middle of something and you'll be like, I don't know what's going on. I can't remember. On. I mean, I read Dune books back in the day and they were dense. Yes. Yeah. So, good times. So do you, do you have a favorite book? Uh, I love to read. Um, I had guessed that, but I wasn't positive. I, I had a that's, feeling. That's a harder question than movies. I like, I like Ender's Game. Ender's Game is a great book. Um, when I read that the first time, um, that was, that was something that was very good. Um, authors that I like are, um, I'm kind of all over the place with books as well. Um, what got me into reading was not fiction, but historical fiction. Oh, Um, I like, I like where it's like a book like master and commander is, is a, is a fun one. Um, You can't really take anything that's in that book as like being like actually real. It's historical fiction. It's kind of, it's got some, it it touches on some historical events, but it's not actually like real. Um, I love books about seafaring. I like historical fiction books about um, captains and pirates and stuff like that because, um, you know, they were back during, you know, the 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 1700s. It's they they would go out into the world and they would just be on their own for yeah. years in some cases, and um, that's like the equivalent of the government giving, you know, and the government would sponsor these boats. So like, that'd be like the, the equivalent of like the government giving you like a, like a, a, a battleship and being like, okay, well have fun. <laughs> go have fun, you know, don't go don't find do us some land. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that, that's always a recipe for disaster. Uh, Captain Kidd, uh, was a rich aristocrat in New York who was actually, like flirting with like the governor, the governor's daughter of New York, um, you know, at socialite parties and stuff like that. And he wanted to become a privateer. So he went back to the crown and the crown authorized to give him 
the best boat that had ever been built and they spent lots of money. And then he went to the Indian ocean and couldn't find anybody to sink, um, or steal their treasure from, you know, legally as per what the crown had instructed him to, um, for years. And then whatever war that was going on ended. So things changed, but nobody told him. So he started firing on the wrong people. And then that's why he became a pirate. I had no idea. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a ton of little stories like that. I mean, you just lose communication and then you end up doing the wrong thing. And all of a sudden the government hates you. Well, I mean, we have to remember, what's it like today where there was this thing called the internet? Yeah, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else that you love to geek out about? Dragon Con and Momocon. I love both uh-huh. of those conventions so much. Um, the people that are that put on those conventions are truly the salt, the salt of the earth. Um, they they do great things. They teach great things, and they bring great people together. Uh, you know, each time that those conventions happen, and uh, and being a part of that community is, is an extremely valuable experience. And, and I can't say enough about them. Um, I love, uh, I love attending all of that. We get a room every year for dragon con, uh, make sure that we attend and we make sure that we attend every day of Momocon. I actually help volunteer for Momocon on occasion also. Well, we have not been to Momocon yet. Oh, it's there. There's two. There's there's several great conventions in Atlanta. You got AWA, which is great. Uh, have you been to AWA yet? We have not, because we kind of had this feeling like you're like looking at it. You're going, I might be too old for this one. Yeah, I've I've had that feeling before in the past. You just got to learn to not care, um, <laughs> and just realize that you know uh, you you like this stuff too, so you're allowed to go. Yeah, I know, and uh, my husband likes anime so uh and I, I in my younger days i watched a lot of anime but like old stuff like record of lotus wars old mm-hmm. yeah so but it's on our list so maybe next year awa is a great local one and that one's in your backyard also um and then uh, uh i am a big fan of southern fried gaming expo um like southern it. fried gaming expo is a uh a pinball uh, convention that takes place in Marietta. Um, it's super fun. The people all are all very nice. The vendors are all very nice and you get to go play arcade and pinball machines to your heart's content, yes. uh, as long as you want, um, free play on all the machines. Um, I love Momocon, Momocon is, uh, a large convention, uh, in the heart of Atlanta at the Georgia world Congress center. They uh, are focused on animation and gaming. Um, they're a great place to go check out indie video games. Oh, um, okay. Also, uh, they do the whole free arcade thing too. They have uh, uh, raves each year that they put on as well. Um, and they also do the whole competitive video gaming uh track as well so if you're into smash or fighting games right uh, you definitely want to check it out uh to go uh to see the people that are really good at playing those games uh on a competitive nature or you know throw your hat in the ring and see if you can win it 
No. No. I already know I can't. But I, I like watching it. I, had I can't a either. Who was a esports team coach? So I ended up watching a lot of games. So I enjoy that part of it. The, I think MomoCon had its beginnings at Georgia Tech. It did. Yeah. Um, and I love Georgia Tech. I had my beginnings at Georgia Tech. My my dad graduated from Georgia Tech. Ah, my dad yeah. did too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, or I should say he he didn't graduate. He got he got out. Yes, that's how we refer to it. I also get out of tech as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then Dragon Con, uh, Dragon Con is the mother of all conventions, as far as I'm concerned. There is nothing like it. There's no other convention in the nation that is like Dragon Con. It is a f- four day event. I don't know how long Dragon four Con actually. Days. It's four or five days. It it changes. It, it seems to change the day that it starts every year. Yes. Um, because people want more and more as, you know, like once upon a time it started on Friday and then people were like, well, we can show up early and then we're ready to party on Friday. So let's start on Thursday. And then everybody was like, but we could show up on Wednesday and then we could party all day Thursday. Um, if I could, I, I would. I love, I used to, um, I, uh, I, I am jealous of the kids that have the energy to fully take advantage of, everything that that dragon con has to do because it is a four day 24 hours a day geek celebration all things pop culture all things geek related if you are into gaming go if you are into analog gaming go if you are into music go if you're into books you definitely gotta go because dragon con started out yep as a uh, a lot of literary, a literary convention yeah and gaming um, they, i think D D was always a part it, of it it was well yeah but D and literaries you know hand in hand with each other absolutely but it was it was all about the authors um margaret weiss tracy hickman uh you know uh, uh, famed famed authors of dragon lance um would and everything. And it's been around since the early seventies. I want to say is when it started. Dragon con is about, I can't do math. I used to could do math. It's the 19 early 1980s. If I remember right. Okay. I, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Late seventies, early eighties. I like should that. know. I wrote an academic case study paper on it. Oh, you did. <laughs> I did. I can't remember right now. I bet you that's a blast to read. I'd like to see that. If you still have that hanging around, I will, I will send you a copy. It's a, uh, the, it is very much the convention that started the idea of of what could a fan convention be? Yes, if you gave it steroids. Yes, and there's no place else in the world that it has it as a fan run convention. Yes, that's as as big or glorious as Dragon Con. Yep, and it's uh, and I've been to a lot of conventions around the United States and. They're always nice, but they're always a little bit lacking compared to what Dragon Con is. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's like the, it's, it's like the, like our people take over the entire city. Yes. And that's, that's wonderful because then you've got people that are into the same things that you're into everywhere that you, you look. Yeah. It's a, I've always said it's like a family reunion with 80,000 people. Yeah. That's a and- very good way to put it. And I never feel unsafe at DragCon. Like, even if I feel like I'm in an unsafe moment, mm-hmm. I could reach out and somebody's there that will 
make it a safe moment. Yeah, and and um, I have friends that uh, have uh, uh, hesitations about being around large numbers of people like you would attend at Dragon Con. And that's a fair, like if you don't like large numbers of people, you may, you may it may not be the convention for you, but, um, but at the same time, I would at least even, don't don't get a ticket, but at least drive down there, drive through it one year. Go see the to, parade to take a look at it. Yeah, go see the parade. The parade is free. Um, you can you can go down there and sit on the side of the road, and it's a and it's it's a great parade. It is. I don't. I I can't oversell it. It's a wonderful parade. Um, but yeah, Dragon Con is awesome. Uh, I love Dragon Con. I think this year is going to be like my. 15th or 16th year in a row of attending dragon con i'm in three decades yeah 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 i am i've got got respect for that i really do like i I, I, i'm i'm aspiring to be more like you (laughs) i bought an eternal membership back when they were 500 bucks yeah i was thinking about buying um a eternal membership this year uh i want to say they're like 2500 something like that they're worse than that i did the cost analysis for my husband and i was like i love you we're just going to keep paying every year for you yeah so if we win the lottery though all our friends are getting that'd be awesome (laughs) keep hoping for us fantastic yeah but i actually met my husband at dragon con that is incredible yeah and i've known people i've known people that i've gotten married at dragon con we did not do that but we thought about it. I could see that you two are so cute. Our honeymoon is kind of Dragon Con because we got married. You, for the listeners, Dragon Con. When you're listening to this podcast, Dragon Con is coming up in the next five days, um, and we I had actually gotten married uh, last weekend. So uh, Dragon Con's coming up before we've had an opportunity to take our honeymoon. So this is kind of like our our way of celebrating. It's a great way to celebrate. I think so, yeah. <laughs> well, what are you going to be doing while you're at Dragon Con? You know, typically I do a lot of networking um, because a lot of my target audience for uh, real estate uh, is in and around Dragon Con. I've done business for the owners of and, and people that are uh, for owners of Momocon and Dragon Con. Um, but this year I think we're really just going to go to enjoy the convention to like really just soak up, you know, being around people now, anybody that that anybody that can find me and take a picture with me, uh, will, and email it to, uh, an email address that I will give you when you find me. Okay. Be entered into a contest to win a PlayStation five. I am and giving away hot. a PlayStation 5. Yeah. I know. You do the best giveaways. I like giving back to the community. I don't like the, I think I've given away like uh like 9 or 10 PlayStations at this point. Um and I just like giving back to the, you know, the people that I enjoy. I know what it's like being a gamer growing up in Atlanta and I know what it's like to not necessarily have the ability to get some hot product that you want to get and nerd out on. So like, this is a way where I can just kind of like give a little bit of, 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 uh, of happiness to, to somebody out there. 
Yeah, I think it's great. I also think it's because my day job is a marketer. So the fact that you say target audience just makes me. I've, I'm fan I, I love, uh, so I would be, my favorite advice is paint what you know, uh, if you're an artist. Um, and it's the same thing with any, any career. And when you're talking about marketing is, uh, I grew up in a, in the gaming community. Um, I spent hours, hours, hundreds of hours of my life around people in the gaming community, playing games, going to brick and mortar stores, um, and even trying to figure out where to go when uh, people may not remember that there was a time in Atlanta when there really wasn't any brick and mortar game stores, you know, for a period of time, at least on the, within driving distance of Roswell and Marietta. Um, so those were sad days. Um, so I'm really happy with the, the vibrancy of the community. Um, and I want to empower that community as much as possible. And I feel like I can do that by assisting them in their real estate transactions. And it makes it meaningful to me. It makes me want to work harder because, right. you know, uh, I don't have to know these people to love them, you know, right. and want to make sure that they get taken care of. I think it's true. I think your tagline is gamers need homes too. Gamers Need Homes is a new company slash um, uh, rebranding of Casey Sears Real Estate that I'm still working on. Um, But basically, when I have a presence at a convention in a formal sense, I I brand myself as Gamers Need Homes, too. And uh, that is mainly to establish relationships with people that are in the community. Um, so I can follow up with them and make sure that they are getting taken care of when they get into real estate peripheral kind of, kind of conversations. I think it's great. Cause I think that I know myself as a gamer and as a geek, when I bought my first house, it would have been so nice to talk to somebody who had the same language that I did, you know? And, um, and I've had conversations with other real estate agents we have group talks and, you know, and we talk about target, target audience and stuff like that. And they'll ask me, Casey, what are the, what are the chief concerns of your target audience? I say, well, uh, right now, um, I've got a lot of customers that are in, and clients that are looking for a room that they can dedicate to VR. And, yeah. and, when I say that to your audience who, who would be listening to this podcast, they, they totally understand that. But the Absolutely. real estate agents, the, they're like, I, I have no idea. I don't game. I don't do VR. I don't know what that would, that would entail. Um, or I need like a, or I need a room that is, uh, you know, fully um, wired for uh, internet, you know, because I require it for online gaming. Uh, you know, I had a listing, uh, where, uh, the key marketing point of the listing, and I don't think a lot of listing agents would, would, uh, would recognize this is that one of the rooms was completely decked out as a streaming studio complete with overhead, overhead lights for you to be able to set up specific lighting for your stream. And it had its own breaker panel for that room to be able to power all the equipment that was going in there when it, you talk about computers and lighting and sound effects and mixing boards and all that sort of stuff. 
And my husband just texted to say he thought that was sexy too. (laughs) (laughs) When sound off is not always sound off. Well, I have had a blast getting to know you better. And I have to tell you that many of your top five movies are also on mine as well, though I do need to go watch Silverado again. Oh, watch it today. It's wonderful. Oh, you've seen it before. It's just been a minute. Oh, it's yeah. just been a hot minute, but you no, know, I'd forgotten all those people were in it. It's just got a fabulous cast. It's got everybody in it. it does. Um, and it's I'm, awesome. It's even got John Cleese in it. John Cleese is a, uh, is a, uh, is, is a, uh, a sheriff for a town in the West, which is funny because he has the English accent. Well, true. I, I adore John Cleese. So. Yes. Monty Python all the way. And uh, I'm totally geeking out about Star Wars these days. So of course it's a top five. So thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to see you at Dragon Con while you're on your uh, almost honeymoon. My pleasure. Thank you very much. I send the love for myself, but also my my wife. It's I have to say wife, not fiance. My wife, Camille. Uh, and I really appreciate you having me on. And anytime that you want to geek out and talk about stuff, I am always down. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to have you back on the geeky side, but I will see you at Dragon Con. Okay. Uh, do you mind if I do a, a plug for where Absolutely. they can see my videos? Yes, please do. So if you're interested in my content, uh, you can find me at TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. All you have to do is type in Casey Sears Real Estate. C-A-S-E-Y Sears S-E-A-R-S Real Estate. And you will find me right away. I uh, Thank you very much. And you're welcome. And we're going to have links to that as well as some of his suggestions for things for you to watch and listen to. And you can find them all at thegeekyside.com. Don't forget to check us out on social media and make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you can get The Geeky Side every time we have a new episode.